Greetings. I am Queen of the Stars, coming to you from the liminal space where time isn't linear and multidimensional frequencies are alive and present, emanating from me to inspire truth, authenticity, balance, liberation, and cosmic alignment. True to my name, I travel the stars and cosmos far and wide through my emotional technology and have created this podcast to prophecy. In other words, to declare or foretell through divine inspiration. This podcast is going to involve time travel, jumping past, future, and parallel timelines to share wisdom and inspired journeys from resonant souls and high vibrational beings. Queen Prophecies is a conscious act in service of all on their unique paths to assist in the upgrades and activations at this precise moment on Earth. Sit back and enjoy the frequencies. Take a journey with Queen. Today we are traveling to Guatemala, Honduras, and Mexico where the stars aligned to reactivate my ear chakra. Called by my ancestors in two different cycles, first in 2015, then again in 2019, this return to the sacred lands of the Maya was fated, and there was no escaping the trauma remembered when my ears became infected in the jungle of Guatemala. I had to sit with deep inner ear pain, I had to feel the amplification of it because of the insane humidity in my chosen location on the Rio Dulce. In this isolation from the busy world, I could face a truth I had always known, that my ears were one of my superpowers, and that it was divine timing for this gift to be turned on again. And so I surrendered into the healing journey that went across three countries and called on my inner jaguar to give me the strength to transcend this. An excerpt from a National Geographic novel on the ancient Maya states, All things joined in a unity of life, in a communion, each a part of the other. It is said that a hunter in Yucatan would appease the god who protected deer with an offering of corn, explaining his aggression to his fallen prey. I had need. The Maya went beyond sharing the physical world with animals. Humans, they believed, had animal co-essences, and a ruler's creature companion was the jaguar. Jaguar, or balam, was considered to be the intermediary between the world of the living and the world of the dead and a protector and symbol for the classic Maya royal houses. Beloveds, it's going to be a wild and healing ride. Are you ready for it? Let's fly.
Hello, you beautiful, beautiful beings. I am back, back and ready to truly transmit uh, a potent episode that's been brewing in me for some time. Really, really percolating, gestating, and uh, wanting wanting to be birthed in the right timing, in the divine timing as everything in my life uh, is is timed this way. It's it's very, very much in sync with the themes that I'm going to be weaving that happen to be themes of the Mayans, themes of the Americas. You know, I'm talking about South America, Central America, Southern Mexico, the lands of the Mayans, the lands of my ancestors. And the lands which gifted me a lot of healing and with that simultaneously potent remembrance. And so I would love for you to come on this wild ride with me. We're going to time travel a bit. We're going to journey to the year 2019. And uh, we're going we're gonna to take a magic carpet to the Mayan lands of Guatemala. So in 2019, around, I would say it was late spring, I was making my way from Europe back to the Americas. And it had been almost two years since I had been on the continent of of the Americas, whether it was the US or Mexico, that there had been a period of time that I had been in Europe and the Middle East. And so this was the divine timing of my ancestors calling me back to these lands, to these sacred and potent chakra points of the planet and and earth vortexes, um, both for a deepening into my own remembrance as well as a healing. So I'm really going to talk about these two pieces, remembering and healing, because they absolutely go hand in, hand in hand. And as I'm saying this, as I'm recording, I'm watching this beautiful vulture or eagle. I can't really tell what it is outside of my window. But it's beautiful because this is one of the medicines of of the Americas. You know, the bird, the wingspan of the condor, of the eagle, of the sopilote, which is the, the buzzard or the vulture that really has this very strong energy in one part of this story that I'm going to be weaving in. So I think it's a very uh, beautiful sign that the bird here in England is giving me. It's, it's Everything's a go. Now is the time. So just take a few breaths, really settle into your heart space and, and allow us to travel. 2019 for me was the beginning of a full year of travel. It was really the start of 
complete surrender into the path wherever it was going to lead. I started the year in Egypt. I made my way through Palestine and Israel. I found myself back in Greece and specifically the island of Crete. And it was when I was in Crete that my Mayan peace, my ancestral lineage started whispering to me that I had to make my way back to the Americas for deep healing and deep remembrance. And I was already getting these little hints. I was getting the itch that I needed to travel. I didn't know where exactly, but I was open. And on this bookshelf in this little village where I was living and working, volunteering, I should say, in Crete, this Mayan book fell off the shelf for me. And it was a National Geographic a short, small little book about the, the Mayan pyramids. And there were maps in it, and there was imagery on the cover that immediately started evoking all of these threads. And there was a pool, there was an energetic magnetism that the Mayan energies started showing me. And I, believe me, being all the way in Europe, on this island in the middle of the Mediterranean, nothing felt further at that moment than the Americas. Energetically, they are so different. Locationally, I was like really budgeting and barely had any money to, to really make that, I guess, that leap with ease. But they persisted. And they said, you have to come back. And I really thought that they meant I had to come back to Mexico. And as I started meditating with this, I realized that they wanted me to come back to Guatemala. So obviously, neighboring countries, Mexico and Guatemala, and there's kind of this arbitrary border there right now. But back in the day... Take yourself back to the, the empires and the, the times where there, there really were no clear borders in the jungle. There were, there were kingdoms, there were villages, there were communities, but clear borders, you know, a natural border like a river or a mountain ridge, that, that was what existed back then. Um, and a lot of what we know about southern Mexico and northern Guatemala, they were very mixed, intermingled. Uh, they were allies sometimes. There were intermarriages between certain leaders. And, uh, and so they really worked hand in hand with each other. So when the Mayan... I guess, ancestral peace started telling me to come back to Guatemala. Obviously, I had never been there in this life. So they meant come back because you've been here before in other lifetimes. And I started really feeling into that. And I was like, okay, I'm ready. There's something here for me. There's something that needs to be uh, explored and remembered in the lands of Guatemala the Mayan lands. 
the richness of the Mayan culture is something that I first tapped into back in 2015 when I took myself on a solo, really, really heart-led, intuition-led journey that turned out to be an entire month cycle that started in Cancun and Tulum and took me all the way to the very edge of this exact place that I'm speaking of, the border between Guatemala and Mexico. The lands of the Mayans in Chiapas, in Palenque, in... Um, I'm trying to think of these other temples. Uh, so they will come to me, but there, there, there is an importance to them because it's all connected but we'll weave it in when when it's ready to come through. Okay, Yashilan. Yashilan is a temple complex that is on the border with Guatemala, and it is a very, very potent location where actually it was the first time I started connecting with jaguar medicine in a way that that felt like I was remembering possibilities because when I was on this tour and asking the guide some questions about, you know, these lands, it's very jungly, it's very wild, and there are these pyramids and these, these beautiful structures and sculptures and there, there's magic here, but it is so raw and it is so hidden and hard to get to that I could only imagine back then um, that free reign of jaguars and wild animals and things was just normal and natural. And so when he started answering my questions and telling me that even now jaguars could appear on this site, they've never left. It is that wild. But he said they only appear to the right people. They really only appear to the guardians of these temples. They don't just make themselves known to anybody and it's it's more likely that they only appear at nighttime as well. So it was talking about uh, uh, this, this powerful energy that's absolutely here, that's absolutely a part of these lands. And I started remembering walking with jaguars, started remembering how perhaps I even had the connection of shape-shifting into a jaguar. Now, I'm not going to really get into this too much more. This is just uh, a thread that I think might be relevant because as we start remembering our, our previous lifetimes, our previous incarnations, Sometimes we tap into things that at the time seem really out there. Back in 2015, I was not the spiritual person that I am now. I was a baby. I was a fucking baby getting like smacked on the ass by the doctor, like just having been born. That's the, that's the image that I have. And, and I'm so grateful that, that I was you know, this newbie, but that was super curious and would ask the right questions and was letting her heart 
and her spirit and her ancestors take her to these magical places. But even then, it was quite a stretch to even connect to what if in a past life I was a jaguar? What if in a past life I was a, a shapeshifter, a, a medicine person, a shaman, a guardian who could shapeshift into this creature, this really potent and powerful um, feline energy, protective energy, mother energy. You know, jaguar for me is such a feminine feminine energy it is a so think of the the black jaguar because that's really yeah that's really the energy that i carry that is the energy that feels closest to to this lifetime where where i connect to jaguar so you know you can have these these jaguar energies where it's kind of like it looks like a, a leopard or a cheetah you know those colors but the black jaguar is the the night walker, is the one that really, yeah, toes the line of, of realms, you know, spirit realm, heavenly realm, earthly realm. They can really walk between all of those realms as the shaman does, as the healer does, as the medicine woman or man does. And so... All of this to say the little baby version of me in 2015 was getting a taste of this and was really starting to allow these frequencies to, to, to present themselves to her, even if it was far-fetched back then. And then fast-forwarding a couple years later to 2019, now I'm on a very different trajectory. I, I'm in full surrender of what this year of travel is is doing for me, is really unlocking memories, PowerPoints in the planet that are specific to me, PowerPoints in my body, PowerPoints in my energy field that are really um, relevant to the type of person that I, I'm going to be here, the type of being that I'm going to be here on earth. And the return to Guatemala had everything to do with the PowerPoint of my ears. That would be my ear chakras. So this episode is all about the listening. It's all about the power in this part of the body, the ears. Oftentimes, they are way overlooked when, when you start getting into learning about chakras and, you know, really trying to elevate yourself and working with all these different centers in your body. Just because they're not part of the seven principal chakras doesn't mean they're any less important. For me, holy shit, my ears are a fucking powerhouse. And they have gone through what I would call many, many different moments in my life where they were either switched on or switched off. They were either powered up or powered down. Many different activations happened to me since I was a child that would um, be very challenging for other people who perhaps just did, didn't didn't know the pain that you could feel 
in your ears and, and what that, I guess, like what that could mean moving forward. Like if as a child you have um, some type of chronic either illness or pain, it can mean many things. It can mean that that's actually um, a, a, source, a source of trauma that needs to be dealt with. It can mean that is a very sensitive, very powerful point in your body that needs to be paid attention to or explored or worked with. In my, in my case, it was both of those things. There was trauma related to my ears and the power point of the ear chakra and there was great power and a great gift that if explored properly could really just uh, be a superpower. But remember in other episodes I have shared that as children, depending what our, what our upbringing is, depending how we've decided to navigate this life, sometimes for the sake of normalcy or perceived normalcy, sometimes for the sake of protection, or the timing isn't right, we shut off our gifts and we shut off our PowerPoints on our body. And mine happen with uh, both drugs being antibiotics, like when I would get these really, really bad pains in my ears and pus and bleeding, my parents would try to navigate that with me um, as much as they could until they would just give in and take me to the doctor and I would get shot with antibiotics over and over and over again. And I'm talking about up until I was about 19 years old. There was never a quick fix for ear aches. There was never... Um, yeah, there just there just wasn't any way back then energetically that I understood how to move through the pain and how to understand um, to work with it, to allow certain things to, to happen to a child. Um, I know our parents want to protect us a lot from pain and they want to, to cover it or fix it. And if maybe if back then... I had had more tools or they had had more tools. It could have been that instead of drugging drugging it and putting all these foreign things in my body and shutting off that part that I could have actually gotten to the source, the root of, okay, what is this pain? What does it mean? What trauma is associated with it? And for me, in doing all of this spiritual deep dive these explorations in these years as an adult what i have basically time traveled myself back regressed myself back to a child with those earaches and those ear problems and what i've realized is that i heard spirit i heard the voice of spirit very young I heard the voice of angels. I heard the voice of my guides. I heard the voice of other passing, you know, souls, people in the in-between realms. I heard all of that and it just felt like madness and it just felt like 
it was too much. It was too much noise for a child who wasn't um, being guided or who wasn't in a supportive place or time or realm where those gifts could be fine-tuned and, and, and channeled and worked with. And so my higher self decided to shut those off, just plugged my ears for a long time. I remember I would walk around with my fingers literally in my ears like earplugs a lot of the time just so I could quiet the world, both the outside world, um, both the inside world in my head, and the in-between worlds and realms that were that were too noisy, too busy, chaotic, um, really wanting to be heard by somebody that was obviously sensitive and gifted. But at the time, like I said, it just it wasn't right. It wasn't the right timing, it wasn't the right place. I didn't have the tools or the resources. So getting to Guatemala, starting to really um, navigate myself again with, with intuition, listening to guidance, where should I go, what should I do, um, how can I best use this time, am I going to be going to sacred sites and temples, you know, perhaps, uh, perhaps it's just just walking the land and really, you know, starting to see what feels familiar, what feels good. Meditation in certain places, like I'm in Antigua. I should I should specify that when I landed, I went straight to this city, small city, but this beautiful city that um, really served as this little in-between point where I could start to familiarize myself with energies of the Americas again. It gave me a little bit of a, just a window and a space to land and start, you know, recognizing, okay, speaking Spanish again, okay, you know, um, it's a beautiful, beautiful town and, and, and place. And I felt very good there. But obviously, that was just a, um, a point in the journey. And the journey was going to get more challenging and, and more active. And, and things were going to start popping off, to be honest. To be perfectly honest, Guatemala is a land of volcanoes. Speaking of popping off, there are so many active volcanoes on this land, in this country, that um, that eruption energy that, you know, below the surface, something is, is brewing and can at any moment strike and come out and, uh, and ask to be noticed. That's what started happening to me there. I started feeling into this, um, this bubbling inside of me. And although I think I spent about a week in Antigua before leaving, there were some very decisive things that happened in that short time span that really set things up for the rest of the time there. One of them being that I aligned and I, I had a regression session, a hypnotherapy regression session with a local woman in Antigua a Guatemalan lady who had a connection to 
none other than California, Los Angeles. Synchronicities that I never question when, when I see them, when I feel into them, when I met her. I knew that um, I wanted to do some healing with her. And I allowed her to, to take me into a regression that helped me see that part of my journey in these lands was actually going to be uh, in Honduras, which is another country, neighboring country of, of Guatemala, still Mayan lands, still very, very sacred, similar, you know, tones and energies, but... Um, that was a piece that came through in the regression and it was very clear that it had to be on summer solstice. So it's probably around April or no, I think it was May when I arrived in Guatemala and I already had this marker of my guides are being very clear about getting myself to Honduras, to the sacred site of Copan, C-O-P-A-N, Copan, for... Uh, for the solstice, for the summer solstice. So I had that as a marker. And then I did a little bit of regression um, themes about family, about, you know, um, my lineage, how to heal certain certain stories with my, my dad, my parents, you know, my lineage that really, I guess, was, was a starting point to to understand that what the Americas hold for me is this forever connection to there's none none other no other way I can describe it besides just this super powerful medicine being shaman that I have been in those lands and that up until this point, I've never allowed myself to fully, fully remember that because of what it might mean, because of the stipulations of, you know, a religious family, a Catholic upbringing, you know, all of these people that are blood related to me in this life that don't understand my path and don't understand why I have veered off so much from the life that they live and and from their understanding of what what this life and this world is and what they understand as religion and what they understand as as you know good versus versus evil versus um anything that's not structurally catholic so all of this, all of a sudden, was, was coming to light in this regression therapy session and in the integration days afterwards. It was like the coming back to America was an opportunity to stand in my power and to remember how powerful I am, how powerful I have been, how powerful I will be, once I make peace with the fact that, that that is who I am, it's who I have always been. And although we dim our light, although we, you know, accept from, from a quantum perspective, we protect ourselves and we, we keep ourselves hidden, 
or we block our chakras or we block our gifts or we block the voice of God or the voice of spirit and our guides, no matter how much we do that, at some point, the bubbling and the brewing of who you are pops because there's no other way. There's no other way. If that is in you, if that is who you are, just like a volcano, it is divinely timed when that is ready to come out and up and through the surface and break ground and be noticed by other people. So much of my life, I wanted to fly under the radar. So much of my life, I thought that was the safest thing. That made sense. Don't stir the pot too much. And Guatemala helped me see that was no longer even an option. And what happened when I was guided to leave Guatemala, when I was guided to leave Antigua and continue my journey uh, to other parts of, of the country, I found my place in a much more jungly, remote, you know, no internet type of place. I was doing a work away uh, at a hotel that, like I said, you could only get there by boat and you could only get out of there by boat. It was as remote as it could get. It was completely immersed in in nature. There, there, there was something magical about this location um, and that I aligned with that. You had to, um, yeah, you had to really surrender to the elements, to the rain, to the humidity, to the sounds of the jungle, to to the the bugs and the and the birds and the and the snakes and things that were just part of normal life here. You know, scorpions in the kitchen and spiders, giant wolf spiders. You know, on the light switch when you're going to the bathroom, um, snakes in the garden, lots of really, really beautiful things happened to me here in the first couple days when I was getting to know the place. One of them being this very magical swim that I had in the river. So the river is called the Sweet River, the Rio Dulce. And it is a river that leads all the way to the Caribbean Sea. So it starts at a lake. And this lake, which is, uh, I won't remember the name, but I'll definitely link it in the description. This lake actually is said to have temples sunken underneath it. It is a very big and powerful lake. And then it empties out into this river that crosses a big portion of, of this part of the country and empties all the way out at the sea, at the Caribbean Sea, which I also was going to <laughs> find my way there later on in the journey. But for now, I'm on the Sweet River and I'm using the water to help kickstart the healing process because water for me is always very healing. 
So I find myself swimming, you know, submerging myself, floating. And I have my ears, my face, you know, under the water. For a couple of days, I really made this uh, a practice and I would find such pleasure and such peace and relief from the heat and the humidity by swimming in this river. I remember being flat, floating on my back, looking up, and I would watch both the herons, you know, these white birds flying above, and I would watch uh, the vultures sometimes, these black birds flying above. And it really felt like this perfect balance in the universe, this perfect balance within me being highlighted. We have access to nature sometimes to remind us of perfect balance. Something as graceful as a white heron and something as potent and uh, less graceful but equally as, as noticeable, this black vulture flying above, which if you know anything about buzzards and vultures in the Americas, they eat the dead. They eat the carcasses. They recycle life into something new. And they are very much a part of um, the circle of life. They are very much a part of this transmutative energy that shamanism highlights, the serpent path highlights. Uh, so it was a it was a it was an extremely powerful location that I had set myself up to be in, and therefore the volcano began to erupt, and that volcano came through the form of an ear infection, an ear infection which started in one ear, I believe it was my left ear, and took on just this incredibly <laughs> painful chapter uh, of, of my life that year. The throbbing, the, the basically almost feeling like some days you were going a little bit blind because the pain would be so much that I'd either almost pass out from it or I'd have to close my eyes because my vision was blurred and I couldn't see properly. Mind you, this jungle is so humid that there's nowhere to escape. There's nowhere to escape and, and you know, really calm this down. It ju you just have to let it play out. And I cried like a baby, like I would cry when I was a child with these ear pains and these earaches and these infections and nowhere to turn to, nowhere to run. I could take a boat to a local doctor who probably would have just given me, maybe not even antibiotics, maybe, but maybe something, um, just whatever they had on hand that would be a bit of a painkiller. But could they actually heal me? Could they actually get to the source of what was happening, of why this flare-up, of why this, this throbbing and this liquid and pus that was coming out of my ear, this blood that eventually was coming out of my ear as well? 
No, they wouldn't be able to get to the bottom of that. I had to get to the bottom of that. I had to sit through the pain. I had to be up all night feeling, remembering, crying, purging, exploding, and surrendering to the fact that this was an activation. This was an activation. This wasn't something happening to me. This was something that I allowed, that I set up for myself. And no matter what natural remedies I tried, because I did have some natural remedies that I started utilizing, like uh, I had oregano oil and I would uh, use oregano olive oil paired with a couple of drops of oregano oil to bring the infection down to kind of yeah to kind of just see if I could naturally bring down the swelling bring down the 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 bacterial part of it I was using garlic I was chopping up garlic and and creating an oil and putting that in my ear because my guides clearly said to me if you get injected if you go to a doctor this will come back this will come back it's now or never you face it now you transcend it you go the easy route The easy route would have been a shot. The easy route would have been escaping, going back to the city and just trying to get antibiotics. This was, this was the hard route that my guides were offering me, but that ultimately I would transcend this whole experience connected to many other lifetimes and timelines, transcending the the curse and the gift of my ear power my ear chakra power um becoming somewhat this this mutant like an x-men where you know we have different gifts and just to take the the guy the cyclops as an example you know he has a gift which is coming out of his third eye but it's also a curse because he can kill people with this gift until uh, Professor X creates this visor for him to wear around his eyes which protects him from harming other people and which allows him to hone his gift and his skill to use it only when it is needed basically that's what I was offered by my guides Use the jungle. Use the intensity of this place to, to cry and to mourn this version of Ariana that is not going forward. That is not... It's just not going to carry on anymore. Because when we're in these initiations, these powerful moments in our life we have to die we have to shed we have to believe that we are strong enough to move through anything that we are strong enough to move through anything 
And yes, there's one piece that I'm forgetting, and that is that energetically, I was doing Reiki on myself, sometimes hours a day on my ears. Reiki and these little bits of, um, you know, natural plants and oils and things that I was working with helped me move energy, but it was the, it was the pain that really helped me face myself and remember that this was just the unblocking of my gift. The unblocking of decades of a band-aid in the form of antibiotics on my ears. And so when I did leave the jungle, my ears were under control but they were not fully healed also it jumped around to my other ear it was kind of just becoming this full how can i say like yeah just day by day minute by minute i had to see the intensity of the pain and move through it and and i, I was so distracted that I couldn't really be a proper volunteer anymore and I knew the humidity of this place wasn't wasn't allowing for full healing either. So I made a choice to leave and move on to a place where I could just um, can continue moving through this, this time sitting with uh, my, my demons, my memories, my blockages, my traumas, my sadness that me hiding myself from myself and my family was what I thought would protect me in this life when really I don't need to be protected from my gifts. I don't need to be protected from my potential. I need to actually step into it. And if that means cutting ties with certain people and if that means returning to California eventually as a different person, I was willing to do that. And that's another thing that happened is that I bought my ticket back to California when I was in, in the jungle. I think I had one decent day of internet and I just felt this overwhelming sense of like, it's time to, to face some things back home. It's time to show up as a different version of yourself and be met with whatever, whatever that may be. Be met by people that don't understand it but still love me. Be met by people that don't understand it and therefore don't love me anymore. I was willing to go back and just face whatever was there for me.
And so I leave the jungle and I make my way to the Caribbean Sea. So it's this beach town and it's, it's definitely like there's Wi-Fi, there's hustle and bustle. It's a very interesting place and, and it does have better, <laughs> better oxygen and there's more, more opportunity for me to just rest and not... Uh, feel the intensity of the jungle because there's a different energy when you're on the coast from when you're in the jungle. The jungle is is wild, is is an amplification of frequencies and a city or um just the coast, the ocean is different. It's a different frequency and I give myself that, I gift myself that and I also gift myself a healing session with two different women. One of them being an energetic, uh, you could say like a, an energetic session long distance with a sister at the time that I knew from Egypt. And she helps unlock a few things. You know, it's very quantum. It's very, you know, she uses her clairvoyant gifts she says certain things and reveals, you know, certain truths for me. But really, I didn't feel that it fully ridded me of the pain, nor the problem, nor the, yeah, nor nor the full story. Like this was going to be an ongoing thing that I needed to keep digging deeper into. So she was just one layer of that. And eventually... I realized that there was another thread and another layer that I needed to connect to, and that was Mexico. So I'm in the Mayan lands in Guatemala, but everything about this land is connected to Mexico and my lineage in Mexico as well. My grandparents, great-grandparents, a lot of my magic coming from different indigenous lineages in Mexico. And so I meet a Mexican woman in Guatemala, in this beach town. And the town is called Livingston. And uh, we end up connecting like sisters. We end up really um, being there for each other as, as allies. But also I know that she's further along the path than me in the sense that she's already been doing healing for others and she can hold space and 
She offered to do a big healing for me because of my ears. And the timing of it, we make sure it aligns with, um, well, I don't think we made sure. It, it, it aligned divinely to a full moon eclipse or solar eclipse. Um, I believe it was a full solar eclipse, yeah. Yeah. In the daytime, she takes me on the land, also uh, super magical because at this point, all the healing I had done was like within four walls and she took me to nature and she's like, we're going to set up this little spot. You're going to lay down here. She brought crystals. She brought, um, you know, her gifts, everything she felt was needed and we had the vultures literally swarming above us in this location overlooking the ocean as well like the the caribbean sea was in the distance so we had all of the elements we had water we had air we had earth you know i think we had the the fire of this solar eclipse and the trust of a new sisterhood to really uh, surrender into this healing. And she did about a 90-minute session on me, maybe close to two hours. And I had these uh, crystals that she laid all over me, and I just felt a lot of movement, a lot of energy movement, you know, some moments of tears, extraction, like she was pulling things out of me, you know, she was doing everything she could to, to bring things, like I said, that bubbling to bring it out, because that's what a healer does, they bring things to the surface, and they bring things out, and then it is up to us to integrate to remember and to accept what no longer is a part of us, what no longer gets to reside in us, which for me and my ears happens to be um, that lack of faith and that lack of will and that lack of confidence in, in how powerful I am. And how needed I am on this planet. And Gabby, this beautiful sister, this beautiful healer, uh, worked a lot with Isis energy. She had a little, she had a cat named Isis. And when I met her, she actually did a tarot reading for me with a cat deck in uh, in the middle of town. Like that's how we met, synchronistically. I felt her, there was a mag magnetic pool to just sit with her, chat with her, um, pay her for a tarot reading. And this eventually led to a friendship and the synchronicity that I moved into the, the house next door to her. I was renting a room right next door to her. These are things you cannot, cannot plan for. You cannot plan for the divine orchestrations that both your higher self and the universe have set up for you. But to, to be grateful and to recognize them when they happen is super important. Recognize how magical this life is. 
how magical those encounters are when when you most need support and help it's there for you open your heart welcome it in and i did and i i'm i'm just utterly utterly so damn grateful for this path for my trust in my guides for my trust even when it seems like hell you know because these 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 activations sometimes in in these times of ascension in these super important times on this planet they prepare us they prepare us for future times when maybe we're going to be doing the healing for somebody else maybe we're going to be telling the story like i am telling it now because somebody else needs the the reflection and the permission to step into who they are to not let family hold you back anymore to not let society or a partner or any type of relationship a job a business don't let those things hold you back anymore we're done with that we are so fucking done with those types of um limitations and blockages no more they don't serve us they don't serve our light they don't serve our our path they have served up until this point i will say that I will not change anything about my journey. I will not even change those years as a child where I got injected over and over and over again with antibiotics. I will not change that. It's part of the story. Progressively and like a web everything is connected to this now moment. and to future moments and to parallel times and lifetimes and moments so i would actually like to cycle a little bit into i guess you could say the nearing the end of these ear chakra healing <laughs> um sessions and this journey that I was on because this journey took me across three countries Guatemala Honduras because on the solstice hell or high water would have stopped me from getting myself to the sacred site where my guides were very clear I needed to be and I needed to anchor light on top of these sacred locations on the archaeological site of Copan, Honduras. Even with still remnants of this earache and worrying about, you know, traveling and the pain, I got myself there and back to Livingston, back to the Caribbean uh, uh, in Guatemala. And then back in Guatemala, I really started feeling into, okay, now it's time to make my way to Mexico. Now it's time to make the journey back to kind of close out this cycle of time that has started back in 2015 in Chiapas. 
the Mayan lands, southern Mexico, Palenque specifically. Palenque being one of the most powerful Mayan sites that exists on this planet. To this day, I have um, full knowing that more is going to be revealed about this place, that I have more of a, a purpose in that site, in that land, with those pyramids, with those um, that sacred jungle and the jaguar energy that's present there. You know, a lot of the greatest leaders of that particular site of Palenque in Mexico are associated with jaguars. They would have jaguar in the name. There was a whole lineage of leaders and kings with uh, jaguar medicine. So, although I don't know the full scope of these connections yet, because a lot of it is still in my future, I know that I was cycling back to Mexico to complete a four-year cycle. From September 2015, when I first went to the Mayan lands on my first solo journey ever, to closing out this healing cycle in the Americas in 2019, which also I left Mexico in September back to California. So it was a four-year cycle. It was a sense of coming back, reclaiming things, remembering my connection to Mexico, that it holds a lot of power for me that I remember things in the land that just, if I sit there with the land, if I sit there with the water, the trees, the birds, you know, if I watch the vultures, if I listen um, with my ear chakras and I open my third eye and I start to remember um, the gifts that I have held in these lands which happen to be gifts of healing as well as well as gifts of magic and gifts of leadership. Now, have I fully, fully, fully dived into who I was then? No. I'm, I'm on that journey now. And I'm on that journey. I will be taking that journey with more mushroom and uh, astral travel and these types of connections and openings. But what I do know is that the jaguar is one of the pieces. And I say this while holding this beautiful amber jaguar piece that I acquired in 2019 when I arrived to Mexico. And I'm going to talk a little bit about the shadow side of shamanism the shadow magician i will call it um you know this 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 figure that exists in all modalities in all parts of the world spiritual or not you know the shadow magician is the 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 opposite of divine masculine it is the polarity to a divine masculine in alignment, healing, in service. This is someone 
working in service to self. This is someone who they don't have a moral compass. They don't believe that anything in, in this world is off limits or in, in the other realms either is off limits. And so when these, when these men, because a shadow magician, I'm just going to speak to the experience that I had, it was with a man. And it was with a man who was passing himself off as a shaman. And he was not local to the land. He was not from San Cristobal, Chiapas, the Mayan lands. He was not Mayan. He was Mexican from another part of Mexico. And he was a fast talker. And he had, you know, he had the right know-how of how to invite you into his world and offer the thing you are seeking, which in my case was the last remnants of this ear infection and this chapter to just be completed, to, for the healing to fully, fully be completed because it was not up until this point. And he offered the healing he offered a sweat lodge on his property, a temascal, as we would call it, and his own, you know, space holding, and he would facilitate in his ways to help me rid myself of this pain and this this dis-ease in my body. Now, the thing about him is that I couldn't fully see his intentions. I could see some of his energy and I could feel that he had, he talked openly about being very scorpionic. He talked very openly about, you know, what shamans do. They play with all the realms, dark and light, polarity, sexual energy, you know, some people call that uh, sex magic or, or, you know, um, an exchange, right? So think think of uh, the Little Mermaid, right? She goes to the dark uh, Ursula, the, uh, the, the dark witch of the sea, and she asks her for something, something that she desires, and she's going to give it to her, but there is an exchange, and the exchange is, is something big, and it's her voice, love for her voice. And in my case, I was asking for healing and he was asking <laughs> for something uh, sexual, but not sex. Something sexual, but not sex. So it had more to do with he was seeking my life force. Now, if you think about it, People are very, very good about finding ways to take our energy these days, to take our life force in, in all kinds of ways. They don't even have to do it like this in a, in a shaman healing you know, setting. People do it every day. Every day someone who you give access to could be taking your life force. He was just doing it 
kind of openly on the table. I will give you this for this. And at the time, I was desperate for healing. I was desperate to see if this person could finally, you know, wrap up this chapter for me, with me, with my cooperation and just, you know. Um, and so without going super into detail, I will say that I gave him something. I gave him something in exchange. And looking back, I realized that that was my choice. And going, yeah, going forward, I know that I always have the choice. And that there is always somebody else. There will always be another opportunity, another healer, another medicine woman or man, another method, whether it's regression, plant therapy, um, um, plant medicine work. You can do the work yourself. It just may take longer. It just may be more challenging. It may not. It may be instantaneous. We get to choose. We get to choose our path, our methods, who we allow into our space, who we allow into our field to do anything. And, um, and I have no regrets about what I did. And I swear, I'm like building this up so much. You're going to be like, what did she give that wasn't sex? Like, what was it? I'm going to keep that. To myself um i'm just i'm just the messenger guys okay just the messenger so put yourself in um in in this situation or look into your life and see where has there been a moment where somebody was in a position of power over you and um and you had to exchange something or this could happen in your future. Somebody's holding something that you want or desire or that you're seeking or that you feel you need help with. And somebody's going to dangle it in front of you and say, but you have to give me this. And I just want you to know that you have choices. You have choices. You have A, B, C, D, E, F choices. There is not two paths. There is not one path. There are many. There are always many. And every choice will have its set of um, reactions, consequences, um, subsequent, you know, uh, experiences. And what I find so interesting about why this is all coming up now is because I am empowered by this experience. This whole grand cycle of healing myself because I refused to go to Western medicine, because I refused to cover it up with a shot 
or antibiotics or painkillers or aspirin or anything. I took none of these things in this time, in this like three-month cycle of time, maybe longer, four months. May, June, July, August, and part of September. And, and I did exactly what was right for me at the time. No regrets. No regrets. No regrets. I have um, a bank of experiences to pull upon now and moving forward. I'm stronger than I ever have been to even be able to tell this story from a place where I don't care who it's going to reach or how they're going to react or what they're going to think of me because I know that I am in alignment and I always have been, even in that experience. In fact, I called myself to that experience because I wanted to see darkness, because I wanted to dabble in that in-between space where it's like, I don't fully trust this person. I don't fully think, you know, they should have access to me. And they're very charming and they're very kind in, in, in certain instances and days and, and jolly. And he had a lot of Leo energy as well. A lot of like, uh, you know, like the, the talker and the makes you feel at ease and all these things. And yet something was still off. Something was still off. But I recognized that um, he did gift me a few things that I take with me moving forward. One of them was, again, this jaguar energy because he did the healing uh, ceremony and we were in the sweat lodge. And every time I would come out of the sweat lodge, I would come out into the garden and I would sit on this jaguar skin, which is a real jaguar skin, not black jaguar, but um, jaguar from Mexico that he received from another healer or another shaman who gifted it to him in you know, some moment of his life because he would always say that like all these great shamans like would recognize him as this great shaman and they would gift him things and he had some amazing things in his home and that jaguar skin was one of them. And I remember sitting on it in the garden and it felt like, I mean, like it, it, it felt like nothing I've ever experienced before because I, up until that point, I had not tapped into any particular tangible jaguar energy. And for shamans and for a lot of people that work with um, both the, the animal realms, the animal kingdoms, and the plant realms and plant kingdoms when they do their sacred work. A skin or a bone or a tooth really is a piece of a much bigger frequency, which in this case was the potency and the power and the, the mother and the protection of this jaguar energy that I had already started to tap into. And it was there and it was protecting me and it was protecting me from even this 
guy who called himself a shaman and who thought he was this great whatever. And, um, and it served me because it was the feminine, because it reminded me of my power, because it reminded me that in the end, when I'm connected to spirit, when I'm connected to these energies that are a part of my being, far beyond this lifetime as, you know, this this 31-year-old girl in, uh, in Mexico, in Chiapas, in 2019. There is, there is a potency in that. And I really feel like... I just want to honor... I want to honor all of us, all of the women and men who have been tricked a little bit or charmed a little bit or guided by these shadow magicians and, and these these people that work in, in, in the darker energies, in the more unseen realms and un, unintegrated realms, you know, like, I think a part of that, yeah, a part of that land of the Americas, of southern Mexico, of the Mayan lands, you really have everything, you have the light and the dark, you have, um, multiple dimensions that are at play all the time, you have, really, really high frequencies that come down into these pyramids, into these mountains, into these lands. And you have a lot of really dark underworld energy that is not, like I said, it is not in service to others. It is in service to self. And there will always be people that make use of that just to be more powerful and um, and not really take responsibility for anything that they do or anybody that they harm or anybody that they manipulate. And all of this coming up now, I think, really just helps me put my life into perspective, my journey, moments where I was very protected, very, very divinely protected, very, very held by the feminine because Mexico's been this patriarchal fucking snake pit for a really long time. And I love snakes, but I'm, I'm using it in that, in that sense where it's just the, the vile, the worst of the worst can um, thrive there. The worst of the worst of the patriarchy and the misogynistic and the machismo and the fucking imbalance of everything. The religion, you know, the religion that has taken so many centuries to, to brainwash people to be disconnected from their own land and their own creator and their own source their own mother pachamama the mother that is that is holding us on this planet 
that is always offering us and giving us and giving and giving and giving us the opportunity to live here and learn here in her school, in her very, very advanced school. And I just want to honor honor all of this because it's not easy to talk about and it's not easy to shed light on the dark and it's not easy to put yourself out there in this way and I know other people will be able to relate and I hope this reaches people that are practicing shadow magic and I hope this reaches people that um, may encounter that at some point so that you're a little bit more uh, on your toes and in your heart and so that you're protected and so that you make your choices with discernment. I want to close with a little bit of that beautiful jungle jaguar energy that I think has been weaving its way all through this podcast because yeah because I feel (sighs) coming in physical form as a woman in this life was so deliberate on my part my spirit was like 20 I was going to say 2012, which is such a Mayan number also. (laughs) Mayan calendar, you know, important marker in that that world, in that location of the world. But at 2012, I don't know what that has to do with me because it's not where I was going with this. But 2021, right now, here, in 2021, if I was not a woman... I don't know what I would do. I don't know what I would do. I don't know if I could be as potent and as nuanced and as sensitive and as magical as I am in this life. And to share in this way with my voice, with my stories, with my life, this path and trajectory is vulnerable and a lot of men I love them but they are not willing to be this vulnerable it's scarier for them to be this vulnerable and there's a lot of work there to be done in the in the collective of divine masculines and there's a lot of healing when they tap into that vulnerability to share all parts of themselves to not hide behind any walls or blockages or stories anymore. Because there's nothing, there's nothing that I'm not willing to talk about yet on this podcast. I'm willing to go wherever spirit wills me to go. And I'm willing to go into the depths if that means helping, helping shed light on a very, very difficult world that we're navigating and and to step into your power 
often means that you go through the fires of initiation and the waters of initiation and this these um, activations in our body that are not pleasant. But on the other side, there is great, great hope. And there is great um, resolution. You know, I, I have resolved and completed a lot of my cycles, life cycles where I was hiding, where I was silent, or when, when I was silenced, you know, for truth, um, speaking, and for doing certain things that went against the, the crowd, Think of all the witches, think of all the medicine women and men. Think of those that were fighting, if they had to fight, that were fighting for justice as opposed to greed. I've completed. I am completed. I am complete in that sense. And the Americas is no longer a source of pain for me to revisit these these instances and to remember aspects of myself. It's actually such a driving force in me where I feel stronger than ever, where I feel invincible, unstoppable, unsilenceable, even as a woman, especially as a woman. And I have a beautiful little altar here with all of these stones and artifacts from Mexico and Chiapas. I've been holding this amber jaguar. I'm wearing jaguar, jaguar. I'm wearing amber around my neck as well, which is the blood of uh, the trees, the resin of the trees, some of the oldest living uh, beings on this planet, these tree elders. I'm holding this frequency of remembrance for me and for you. May your ear chakras in perfect and divine timing, may they bubble up like the volcanoes and explode into your gifts into your remembrance, into your empowerment. May you walk the path knowing that even when it's hard, that even when it hurts, there's always, 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 always a silver lining. And that you can get through anything. You can walk through fire and on the other side is the phoenix transformation, limitless possibilities. I love you. I hope this has served you. It's been a wild ride. I've talked a lot. And um, I'm just grateful for your presence. Truly, truly grateful to transmit this from the heart chakra of Gaia. And... With all my love, many, 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 many blessings.